Hey, thank you so much for joining us today on Music Marvels with the Chicklet Beats and Breezy Gibson. I am music producer Chicklet Beats. And I'm entrepreneur Breezy Gibson. And we're glad that you've joined us to rock with us one more again, as I used to say. And, you know, just kind of excited to share some of the music industry news that's going on, some of the trends and stuff that we're seeing. And, um, of course, to share some of my beats with everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. (laughs) All right. So, you know, before we kick it off, definitely got to shout out our home stations Grander Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm ready to hop to it. How about you? Yeah, let's hippity hop. All right, let's go.
Gibson from the Breeze team. How would you like to see an online platform that brings you people who've already indicated that they're interested in your particular type of business? Whether it's your music you're selling, hip-hop clothing, you got a restaurant or a cafe, or if you're an entrepreneur or agent for business, visit me at breeze2cheese.com. That's using the, the number two, breeze2cheese.com, or click my bio link on my Instagram profile to see a live demo of how this can help you get more customers and make more money. Hey, this is the Chicken Beats. I am a multi-genre music producer and strategist to indie artists and labels. Visit my website, thechickwithbeats.com, for resources for artists and instrumentals available in various genres for songs, vlogs, blogs, podcasts, themes, TV, film, commercials, and more. Once again, that's thechickwithbeats.com, A-C-H-I-C-K-W-I-T-B-E-A-T-Z. Let's make something happen. All right, we're back with music industry news. DistroKid has acquired the website hosting and e-commerce company known as Banzoogle. So, you know, just in case you're not familiar with it, but Banzoogle provides 60,000 sites with stores for music, merch, tickets, crowdfunding, fan subscriptions, and mailing lists. So DistroKid says that over 2 million artists use its services and it distributes 30 to 40% of all new music. So now their artists can use bands, the Banzoogle suite of direct-to-fan tools uh, within the DistroKid ecosystem without having to go two places for it. And um, Spotify has retained its minority stake in the distributor that it acquired back in 2018. But um, hey, sounds like a good move. I feel like we've kind of had a few stories more recently um, with this type of integration. What do you think? Well... (laughs) <laughs> a lot of time. well sometimes as in this time um i it's hard for me to grasp just exactly what's going on <laughs> mm. okay so uh you know what I'm glad you said that because somebody listening might be feeling the same way so basically what's going on distro kid is a distributor and so there was also a company called Banzoogle that a lot of artists could go to to kind of host their websites, which is very important. If you're an artist, you need a website. You cannot rely strictly on social media because anything can happen. You know, we've seen all the stuff that's been going on with X and threads and, you know, all this back and forth and all this stuff. So it's important to have a way to be able to reach your fans. So a website is the primary way to be able to do that. Banzoogle recognized this, so that's what they set up. Uh, let's say, maybe if you think about it, like a, a Wix for artists or something like that. And so they were already letting people sign up so that way you know, artists and bands and stuff could have their own personal website for people to be able to reach them directly. But you can't get distribution through there. So a lot of people are using DistroKid because that's an easy way to kind of quickly get your music out definitely affordable and all that good stuff so now with DistroKid buying Banzoogle they're adding uh, the access for people who use them as a distributor to be able to build their website using Banzoogle okay 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 Um, so the artists can use the Banzoogle site if they use direct Yep. If they use DistroKid as a distributor, they can do it all from DistroKid's platform now. So instead of having to do two different steps, you got access right there in one spot. Okay. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, now I understand it better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm just a, an example <laughs> of of, uh, of uh, across the world. You know, sometimes these things pop up, and, and it takes a minute for you to understand and absorb exactly what's going on. Yeah. Right. Well, a problem that I think might be part of that is because there's a lot of jargon within the music industry, and sometimes when you know people like me deal with it a lot, we kind of forget that part. <laughs> so yeah, it's important to know when to break it down. And also, you know, just like he did, anybody out there, anytime that there's something that you're not fully understanding, there's nothing wrong at all with questioning it because if you stay in the dark, that's actually how people kind of get over on you. Like a lot of people love to take advantage of artists who just aren't aware of things. But yeah, that jargon was put in place for a reason because, um, you know, I've shared it before and I believe here multiple times, like that old uh, Nietzsche quote where it's like they muddy the waters to make it seem deep. If they can keep you confused and your understanding is low, then it's easier for them to take advantage of you. So, yeah, if you don't understand something, you're not clear on something, never be afraid to speak up. There's nothing wrong with trying to acquire knowledge at all. Yeah. And then and then you have to be you have <laughs> You have to refer to somebody. You have to refer to a trusted source. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, if the, if that source is not a trusted source, then that per- person can uh, manipulate you somewhat. So um, that's an important you know. caveat. I'm glad you. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. That's very important. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, good on the one side and uh, caution on the other. So right. So yeah, yeah, like he said, seek a trusted source. Yeah, you don't want to be yeah. going and sticking your head right in the wolf's mouth. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Hypnosis is Blackstone Fund, which is Hypnosis Songs Capital, is preparing to spend four hundred and forty million dollars to buy back twenty nine catalogs from their UK listed fund, which is called Hypnosis Songs Fund. So basically we've talked about both of these companies before and with them both having the name hypnosis there could be some confusion with that but they've got two separate funds so one of them the hypnosis songs fund capital is the one that actually i guess appears to have more money so they're basically just kind of shifting the catalogs from one company that they own to the other so now uh, we had shared before that the whole premise was basically because hypnosis songs fund the stock shares or the prices weren't doing that well and so basically to kind of adjust that because basically when the the analysts took a look at it they think hey you probably have way too many more assets and you're not going to be able to recuperate the money that you've spent to get them so because of that you know, it's been trading pretty low. And so I believe it was maybe about two months ago when we shared that they were looking to try to find a way to maybe offload some catalogs. So that way their, I guess, ratio will look a little bit better and they don't look overextended. And so this was a way that they figured out how to do that. And so this is going to let um, Hypnosis Songs Fund pay down $250 million of debt that they currently have uh, drawn from their revolving credit facility. And it's also going to let them buy back $180 million of its own shares. So that way, if they're buying it back up, they can kind of get the share price to kind of crank back up a little bit, too. And so, you know, just there, 
Of the 29 catalogs, just a few names to mention were Rick James, Eric Stewart, Nelly, and Shakira are a part of that group of 29 that's up for sale. So, you know, hopefully the other company that they have, uh, Hypnosis Songs Capital, will be able to do that. But to be fair, that's why they have to kind of let competitors have a chance to say, hey, no, we can do better. We want these. But hopefully they'll be able to retain it under their other uh yeah, platform. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And then, uh, all right. So, um, what's up with Spotify launching the new the uh, the showcase? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's the new latest paid campaigns tool that they're offering. Um, it's a sponsored recommendation. It'll let you promote either a single track, an EP, or an album to a listener on uh, Spotify's app's home screen. So the minimum to launch a showcase campaign is $100 with pricing starting at $40 per click. And so, you know, if that's something that is you're that, in, I'm sorry, what was that? that? Isn't that 40 cents per click? Yeah, but you got to drop 100 before that. <laughs> so every time somebody clicks on that particular showcase, so, you know, if you make music like X artists, and they're listening to that artist and that pops up in their campaign and they click it to go ahead and check you out and make sure that you're um, kind of similar to the music that they like, then you have to pay every time that they click it, which is typical um, with most marketing campaigns. Um, it's kind of interesting that Spotify is launching this. I wonder if it's one of those things that's actually going to stick around or depending on how it does, if they're just going to try to pull it back. But we know they've been trying to be profitable for a while. Um, you know, they claim that they're bleeding a lot of money, which, <laughs> you know, yeah. But anyway, this seems like a good way for them to try to be able to generate some more cash because now artists are actually paying them to advertise their music on the platform. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. I bet if it's successful, they'll probably hang on to it for a while. But yeah, I honestly don't know how many people are going to take advantage of something like this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's that's food for thought, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, TikTok and Billboard have partnered to launch the TikTok Billboard Top 50 chart. And so the new chart's going to track trending TikTok songs within the U.S., and it'll be updated every Thursday. The determining metrics will include the number of videos that were made with the track, their views, and user engagement. So it's kind of interesting, you know, the metrics that they're, they're using to tell you, like, what's going on. But the fact that they actually have their own separate uh, billboard top 50 is quite interesting. It's kind of showing you that... Um, you know, things are kind of shifting a little bit. More control is going back to the fans and they know how to look for what they like. And so to me, that's always exciting. Um, you know, I, I'd be curious to see how much music actually changes to try to capture what's happening. So and this is just totally my opinion um, that sometimes people like to kind of chase the trends. So I'm thinking that there are going to be a lot of artists that are checking this top 50 chart and trying to make things that can actually be easily used within TikTok videos. So that way they can actually make it to the chart. I, I don't know. It's a prediction I have. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, 
the first my first <laughs> my first thought is uh the word analytics okay um there's all kinds of artists out there because there's all kinds of people out there now everybody's got their own their own routine and so either the artist is gonna have to um jump into in, into into charting the track trending or you know maybe the, <laughs> the artist may have to get somebody to do that for them um and back to the word analytics um i don't know the water is getting a lot of it's getting muddier as far as the the clarity of exactly what's going on and is this for the upper crust which that's what i'm starting to feel or the average person down there trying to make it you know they may not um I'm hoping that they can get their toes into that where they can realize some 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 um, uh, um, good things happening for themselves according to the you know the top the top fifty chart. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Is I agree. My guess is that it's probably intended to hit the help the big wigs up top to kind of learn what what's going on, but. TikTok does have a, a habit, or the users do, of kind of you know bucking the system. So yeah, I think it's just what you said. There's a good chance that the the, the little guy, little gal, um, can actually capitalize on this more than the big wigs. Mm. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll just have yeah. to watch one of those type type deals. It's gonna be updated every Thursday. Every Thursday. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So Jukebox has gone live since we talked about it last. And that's the company that's um, featuring listings. So that way people can reserve shares and music royalties from Beyonce, Ed Sheeran and more. So now users can reserve. And this is uh, in quotations via non-binding indications of interest. Uh, royalty shares that are related to the music assets of hit songs so once again pending the sec qualification provided everything goes well customers will then be able to just outright purchase royalty shares of hit songs instead of reserving them but if that's something you're interested in you might want to go ahead and get in there and try to reserve it now but yeah just another way that um they're kind of passing the the royalties of music on for the everyday people to be able to grab a hold of so, I mean, with even just those two stars mentioned, you already know that's <laughs> that's going to be a lucrative-ish uh, investment depending on how things roll, but definitely something to check out if you're interested in it. Make sure that you check out um, their company info, uh, their about section, their perspectives that kind of shows you how they intend to help you make money off of these shares before you purchase anything. So. Yeah, just a heads up. And once again, once they get that approval, we'll be sure to let you know as soon as we do. Yeah, yeah, because, because you know, I have to say, okay, what's Ed Sheeran think about that? Or what's Beyonce think about that? Um, oh, they're getting paid. They don't mind. I... <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, as long as that money still kind of trickles back, they're selling 
the shares in their music. So basically, they're just getting the money up front. It's, um, what's the 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 commercial? It's, it's my money and I need it now. <laughs> you know, oh. whether you want the cash lump sum or the annuity. So basically, they're taking the lump sum to kind of give the rest of us an annuity so we can have a steady stream of income from their music. Okay, I got you. Yeah. I'm a little bit slow today, but hey, I'm ca- hey, but you're a great teacher. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. They say if you can't explain <laughs> it simply, then you don't know it well enough. So yeah, you keep yeah. me on my toes. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you catch me not being able to break it down, then that lets me know that I gotta go back and do some more research. All right. Okay. Now, this has rolled out in so many. I don't care what music platform uh, that you follow or music media platform. A lot of them came out with this uh, particular figure with the U.S. recorded music revenue um, from the Recording Industry Association of America's 2023 mid-year report. But basically, the U.S. recorded music is at an all-time high of $8.4 billion. It surged 9.3% in the first half of the year. And so far, vinyl sales and streaming subscriptions are holding steady. But uh, with their new mid-year data report, it basically shows that this is the ninth consecutive year of growth. So that's always a good thing. You know, with it growing, then, you know, hey, that means that there's more money being added to the pot. So one of the most important things, I think, was actually how this figure comes about and what they're actually looking at to say where this money is coming from. And so as far as that that whole pie is divvied up, the streaming accounts for 84% of that $8.4 billion revenue. Paid subscriptions are actually the biggest driver of this because it's responsible for 78% of streaming revenues. So, you know, a while ago, there weren't a lot of people that were um, really willing to pay for music. So, you know, they typically opted for the free tiers of whatever streaming service that they were listening to. But over the last five years, we're seeing that change. And the fact that it's still growing is pretty good. Only thing is, is that if it doesn't grow at the same percentage, a lot of these media outlets kind of think that that's just, you know, an indication that maybe the popularity is slowing down. But I mean, you know, while it could mean that, it could just be kind of a holding point and we could see some additional growth later. But um, yeah, paid subscriptions saw an 11% increase in the first half of the year. And in the last five years, the number of individuals subscribing to music services has more than doubled. Uh, physical formats are up 5% to $882 million, which was the highest level uh, since the first half of 2013. So people are still buying physical formats. That's a very important thing to know. Vinyl actually accounts for 72% of all physical media sales at $632 million. And so, you know, it's 1% growth uh, over this period compared to 22% growth from last year is, you know, that's a steep drop. But hey, people are still buying vinyl and it's still accounting for most of all physical sales. And just a little fun tidbit to throw in there, vinyl outsold CDs and units for the third consecutive year at uh, 23 million versus 15 million. So what does that tell you? Vinyl's the most popular, but guess what? People are still buying CDs. We just recently talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, definitely something to be aware of knowing how people are spending their money to listen to you, uh, whether that be, you know, they check you out on whatever streaming service that they subscribe to, or, you know, if you're at your shows, they're buying up your CDs and vinyl. So it might be a good idea to have that included with the merch that you sell whenever you do shows. Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, just let's just, just, just kind of rewind and go back to the years when, um, you know, with the with the A track going to cassette, you know, cassette going to, uh, you know, the, the the CDs and so on and so forth, um, and the vinyl, um, you know, they did everything they could to say that that wasn't working, the vinyl wasn't working. But hey, um, if you stick to your guns. You know, whether you're a big conglomeration or, you know, an individual, a lot of times when you stick to your guns, um, you find a way to create that interest or regenerate that interest because they counted vinyl out. And then next thing you know, the researchers mm-hmm. <laughs> and now vinyl out sold CDs. I mean, that's 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 real food for thought right there. Yeah. For the for the for the for the uh, um third consecutive year that's strong right absolutely and you know we just shared with you recently about how you know some of these other companies are popping up to give artists independent artists the opportunity to be able to print their stuff on vinyl since you know so many of these other areas are having uh, trouble getting it out in a timely fashion with more of these popping up it might be more attainable than maybe the last time that you checked so yeah. yeah definitely something to know go ahead when we talked about um them shutting down the vinyl producing um facilities Mm -hmm. manufacturing capability (laughs) and now that's all ramped back up and even um has grown since then you know so yeah, yeah yeah so vinyl said i ain't going nowhere right and you know what it makes sense because I'm not trying to date myself or anything, but you know, you were talking about like the A tracks and the cassettes and all that. Um, you know, with vinyl, you get to hold it. It's it's a more personal connection than just looking at the cover art on your phone or whatever device that you're using to listen to music. You know, same thing with CDs for that matter. Because I remember, you know, some of my early, I guess, preteen years, you know, kind of laying back, listening to music, looking at the cover art, uh, flipping through the liner notes, checking out lyrics, looking who produced what or who executive produced this and, you know, all that good stuff. Like there's, they gave you a different experience than, um, you know, just kind of clicking a button, letting some other service, I guess, choose what it plays for you. I mean, it's okay. Don't get me wrong. You know, I stream all the time. It's, you know, still a very convenient medium, but yeah, something about just being able to hold it in your hands and kind of, I don't know, just study it and, and admire the work of art that's been put in front of you. All right, Katy Perry has become one of the many artists that sold their music rights. This time she sold to Litmus Music in a $220 million plus deal. So we know it's at least that. No telling exactly where it landed, but um, they purchased the artist stake in her master royalty income and her publishing rights to albums One of the Boys, Teenage Dream, Prism, Witness, and Smile. And so, yeah, it was rumored to be about $225 million, but 
Yeah, it's making it the biggest catalog deal with a single artist this year. And so Universal Music Group still owns and controls the master rights to her Capitol albums. But yeah, she kind of blew Bieber's deal out the water because his was reportedly worth $200 million, And it also included his publishing uh, plus master royalty income. So yeah, these artists are kind of snatching up these opportunities when they come through. Once again, it's kind of the same thing we were talking about um, with Jukebox. So now this company is going to be receiving her royalties and they just paid her in a lump sum. And yeah, these stories just come in constantly. Uh, we can't even possibly share every time the company buys a music catalog and to think that we have this many stories and there's some that you know we don't even get the chance to report on i mean yeah it's definitely a trend that isn't going anywhere i know initially sometime last year they were actually suspecting that it would slow down this year but it has not so yeah definitely something that we'll probably keep seeing more of in the future yeah that's 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 the trend and that's that's what i'm seeing so uh hey you know you you <laughs> hey you get to the point where you can sell off some of your stuff you know like at a yard sale and and be <laughs> compensated really really well for it hey sell it off yeah like a yard sale that's a great comparison well i mean I, i'm just saying because of the rapidity yeah of, of of it taking place all over the place yeah okay this this guy this lady this lady this guy Whatever this band is, what hey, you know, and um, hey, let's just throw the pot out there and sell it and just split the money. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. So done. Done deal. For sure. I know if somebody offered me two hundred and twenty-five million dollars for my catalog, I probably wouldn't blink or think too much longer about it. But yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, your your uh your zip code would change. Oh yeah. Yep. And honestly, Breezy, outside of my family, you'd probably be the only person to know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Low key, just dip out with a mansion. Wouldn't even say yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Motown songwriting legend Ron Miller. Oh, yeah. His family is in a legal fight over his royalties. So, songwriter and producer Ron Miller died in 2007 in his heirs are in a complicated dispute over the royalties in 2022 last year sony music publishing had signed a deal with one of his children lisa miller to administer the rights for 130 of his compositions so now his children julie moss and mark miller allege that their half-sister illegitimately gained control over those copyrights so he was best known for co-writing for Once in My Life, which became a number two hit for Stevie Wonder, a hot 100 hit for Tony Bennett, and was also recorded by Diana Russ, Frank Sinatra, The Temptations, and more. And so the siblings claim Lisa exerted undue influence, according to the complaint, over his sick and aging wife uh, from his second marriage, Aurora Miller, to obtain the 50% stake. And so the complaint actually alleges that Lisa went as far as foraging Aurora's signatures on notices of copyright terminations so that way she'd be able to take charge and collect the royalties. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know who's telling the truth. You know, they, they, they say it's multiple sides to every story. 
we'll definitely have to see how this plays out but yeah hopefully uh she wasn't forging someone's signature on documents but yeah once again that's one of those things when we know more we'll let you know but yeah it's very very i mean we were talking about all these companies buying these catalogs and then so for somebody to say hey somebody's basically trying to siphon off money that we're owed it lets you know there is still money in music people are willing to, to steal for it or claim someone steal for it so yeah it, this is an interesting story that i feel like we've seen some similar ones uh in the past here hopefully this isn't a trend that we see more of but yeah i hope that whoever uh, rightfully deserves the royalties uh, receives them yeah let's hope so mm-hmm. all right thomas coastfield is uh, bmg's new boss and apparently he's been doing some major shakeups. this one's for uh, major excuse me this one is specifically for distribution but industry sources have said that bmg's seven-year recorded music distribution relationship with warner slash ada is ending as bmg is taking its digital streaming and distribution business in-house so with them doing it in-house it's going to improve their margins in the most lucrative area of the recording music industry as we just talked about and it's also going to reduce the company's reliance on partnerships with the big three major music companies. So their contract for physical distribution won't be renewed once it's up in 2024. So the assumption is they'll probably be bringing that in-house too. Or if they don't really have a means that they want to use for that, I bet we'll probably have another story about a company that they purchased <laughs> to be able to do the physical distribution. So yeah we'll have to see what happens there but i think that that's an interesting choice and the fact that they're willing to take it on themselves um instead of using an outside distributor lets you know where they think the money is so they believe that they can make money off of this because they wouldn't make this move (laughs) if they didn't think that so yeah there's there's something going on there's something in the water obviously if yeah companies are like you know what thanks for for all your service but yeah we can take it from here so yeah even Mm -hmm. these companies basically want to be independent of the major three labels wow (laughs) well you know there's there's room for everybody to stick their foot in there and uh see what they can do and uh but still in, in my you know part of my opinion is that you know even for the the when you get into this industry you still got to surround yourself with folks that uh have your best interests at heart that can guide you the right direction and 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 help protect you protect your interests and stuff um and 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 so um this is not for the for the um the Mm light-hearted you know back years ago you know being in music was was you know the light-hearted could tread in that realm but these days you can't go it alone because there's you know there's so many okay you got to have uh um counseling uh on um uh, distribution on 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 you know so many different things so mm-hmm. that requires you surround yourself with a team so if you're trying to go at it by yourself that's a no can do yeah. so um yeah yeah so wow Great. Major distribution shakeup. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Spotting a trend here. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had more of these stories popping up. But, uh, yeah. All right. Mayor Adams has convened New York City's first ever live performance industry council. And so the purpose of this is to be able to discuss the issues that are plaguing the live music industry and it's comprised of 52 council members that are leaders in live performance and government and so yeah they're basically just trying to develop strategies to drive inclusive growth in the sector which is very important and to support new york city's creative economy and basically ensure that the industry recovers beyond pre-pandemic levels so they don't just want to restore it they want to make it even better than it was before and so I think that it's awesome that they've actually, you know, put a council together to ensure that this happens and to have that many people uh, represented. And, you know, they made sure that they got some diversity in that list for real. If you're curious, you can always Google the Live Performance Industry Council to see exactly who those people are. But, you know, they, they put together a, a stellar team and, you know, hopefully some other cities can adapt something similar to this. New York's kind of led the way on a lot of stuff. So, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Song Trader has raised its stake in the music credits firm Jaxta. And so now it's its largest stakeholder at 14%. So the business to business music licensing company, which is, um, let's say, I'll use Spotify for a more common example. There's actually a different account that business owners need to have in order to play streaming music within their services. So that's a business to business thing to say, okay, we're going to license this for your business to use. So, okay, that business to business music licensing company opted to convert its principal interest in balance of $1.14 million tranche one convertible bonds into 84.5 million ordinary shares at um, 1.014 per share. So SongTrader still has maintained their trans two bonds in JAXTA for a principal balance of 1.9 million. And that's not convertible until the end of June in 2025. But basically what they did, you know, initially when they made their investment, they got convertible bonds, which means that you get to trade those in for stocks at a later date depending on how well the stock is doing. So basically with them making this move and actually converting those now, um, it gave them more money than their initial investment already. So I would not be surprised if that other convertible bond pops up and they sell it as soon as they can or switch it to a stock share. So yeah, we'll have to see what's going on. But yeah, just kind of interesting to... Uh, be aware of and see where these big companies are throwing their dollars so with them you know having more of JAXTA they obviously feel like this is a company that they see doing big things so if they're investing then maybe (laughs) you know if you're one of those people that likes to invest make sure you check out the details and check it out for yourself absolutely Or, you know, even some of the services that they offer. That's always a good thing to know, too, because if these big companies are throwing their dollars behind that, they must be doing a good job of whatever it is that they offer to artists. So, yeah. Check it out in more detail. 
All right. So we've learned that audiences want a more modern concert experience, according to a new Royal Philharmonic Orchestra survey. 76% say that they would be more likely to attend an orchestral concert if the orchestras modernized the concert experience. So 27% said that they like shorter shows. 24% wanted more matinee performances. 20% wanted conductors speaking to the audience. And 11% want to be able to keep their phones on during a performance. So I thought that those were kind of some interesting things to point out at what those concert goers are actually looking for. Um, I think that it's kind of interesting that the percent that want to be able to keep their phones on is so low, but it's something important to people to be able to capture those moments and memories either to share with uh, friends that might be at home or just to have uh, for future re reference um, at a later date. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting that most of them you know they're like hey you know get in get out and then some of them are like maybe more opportunities go a little bit earlier like <laughs> i don't necessarily want to do this late night stuff and yeah the fact that they actually want interaction they don't want to just be sitting there watching but they want to feel involved with it although you know they're talking about classical music it can still show you where people's heads are at uh, when they want to go watch you perform so yeah, I thought that those were some interesting tidbits to share and something to keep in mind uh, whenever you're planning your next live performance. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you never know what's on people's minds until you take a survey. Surveys are very valuable. Yeah. You know, sometimes it might be kind of difficult to get people to do them, but if you offer them something in exchange for it, you know, it's something that you can obtain without having to spend a whole lot of cash on it maybe you got an unreleased song that you let them listen to first if they answer a few questions you know there's there's lots of different things that you can do but yeah surveys are well, very important just like you said yeah now now there's a there's a uh a disclaimer <laughs> okay with this because um this is a new royal philharmonic orchestra survey now they're located in london Mm -hmm. okay. So, you know, there's a lot of other <laughs> there's a lot of other places where music is being performed. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I I I would hate or I'd be concerned if um, other surveys aren't made, other similar survey surveys aren't made um, on these topics in other locations around the world, rather yeah. than just. You know, let what folks in London say uh, just dictate what all of them do. So now, nah, now, nah, you know, slow, slow your roll. Yeah, <laughs> they need to tell them to slow your roll. <laughs> so let's get let's get more input rather than just depend on what the folks in London. No, no knock on London, but let's just get more input other and and see what other folks say in other parts of the world um, before we just go lock, stock, and barrel what they say. Yeah, so. very fair point. Good thing to point yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Multi-Music Media has acquired the music library of Millennium Media, which is the producer of shows like The Expendables, Fallen, and the Hitman's Bodyguards franchises. So they're going to co-publish the catalog with the current co-owner and administrator, which is Cobalt Music. But since its launch in late 2021, the company has spent 
over 150 million on acquisitions, including a 50% stake in the music library of uh, Spielberg's Amling Partners. They've invested in um, the STX Music Library, the catalog of film composer James Newton Howard, the Atlantic Screen uh, Music Film Score catalog, and catalogs of some more of the industry's leading composers. So they're buying up catalogs and very specific ones. So you know they've they've got a strategy going on here, and I haven't dug too deep into it, but you know obviously they're feeling like this film music is going to be really important as far as future revenue goes. So yeah, it, it might be time to dig a little bit deeper and try to see what they're seeing out there. All right, this story is kind of more of a just something to be aware of all right so vendors are saying that they want their money back after b reggae music and arts festival promoter had allegedly lied to them so this started with a food truck owner contacted local news after weeks of trying to get the festival organizers to refund his deposit the festival organizer, Eric Barnes, claims that they canceled for safety reasons, and he said it was because the weather made the park too muddy and caused some trees to come down. And uh, so, but even though that was the excuse that he gave, the city of Atlanta had revoked his festival permit because he failed to pay off-duty Atlanta police officers for security, which was a requirement for the permit. So this food truck vendor, excuse me, Adrian Mitchell, the owner of Shack Attack Burgers says he paid $2,400 to be at the event that was advertised as rain or shine. So then you add in the cost of the food and the staff. Mitchell said he's out of about $3,000 to $3,500. So according to the news crews, they said when they got there, there were empty stages, confused vendors and festival goers who didn't know that the Sunday portion of the festival was abruptly canceled. And so an Atlanta police captain told Mitchell that the real reason behind the cancellation was because he failed to pay for the security. But when Barnes was confronted, he denied it. But the city of Atlanta basically said, we got receipts. <laughs> so they provided the emails that showed that he was aware of the requirement and informed that morning why his festival permit was revoked. So he knew and still didn't let people know, let them show up and yeah just a huge mess so this is one of those uh cautionary tales to let you know that there are people out there that you know might not be on the up and up or they run into an obstacle and don't really face it head on uh like this guy but hopefully the uh food truck vendor and the other vendors that lost money on this are able to recuperate their deposit uh, even if they don't recuperate everything that they lost, they should at least get that back. Because if you advertise something as rain or shine, to blame it on the weather is a weak excuse anyway. But um, for something that actually could have been taken care of, uh, yeah, that's just really unfortunate. So, yeah, one, if you're going to be a vendor or, you know, decide to perform, sell CDs at festivals or whatever the case is, maybe check out who's running it. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you can't necessarily tell in advance, but it's definitely something to be careful about. And I don't know, there's a lot of cautionary tales you can gain from this, right? Dang, are there? Wow. Well, you know, um, going back through the, the beginning of time, the vendor, um, the role that the vendor plays at 
outdoor events indoor as well that role is 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 crucial it's very um much depended on as far as you know whether your food your drink or, or whatever the 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 uh, ambiance of the event clothing and, and 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 stuff like that okay but it's and hey you know they're trying to make a, a dollar you know uh, off of uh a service that's as much needed okay so but you know there's a lot of there's there's a lot of different <laughs> factors that take place with all of these concerts or events like that, and um, you know I'm I'm on the end or the street level end, and I'm hearing a lot of folks that I know bring up the fact that um, either this year they're losing money, last year they lost money, this year next year they gained a little money, you know it's a big risk. Mm. And, and like you're saying, I mean, weather, you know, uh, come rain, come shine. Wow. <laughs> that's that's deep. You know, um, the, the, the Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball. Hey, you know, you get all set to come to the park to sell your uh, cotton candy or whatever, whatever, you know, and the storm comes up. At the last minute, <laughs> you know, you're out of business. Right. You know, so. But, you know, um, it's just just got to look over with a, a very, very um, thick in, um, magnifying glass to see if it's a fit for you or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and even on the other side of it, if you're someone that's putting on a show, maybe not even necessarily, you know, on the festival level. But if you're working with other people, this is one of those examples of, you know, making sure that you're on top of your stuff or actually communicating with the people that you are having support your event um, ahead of time. So, yeah, because I mean, just a simple conversation, you know, shoot them a quick email. Hey, I know I said rain or shine, but this is where we're at. Don't hire staff to come out here today. You know, like that mm. could have had a whole different tone or even, mm-hmm. um, you know, with him saying, hey, can I get my deposit back? Because this isn't what you promised. I mean, yeah. So now this reputation's on the line. So one, you know, if you're going to be throwing events or, you know, putting something on like that, make sure that you're communicating with people. Don't do them dirty. Don't avoid them when you know you actually owe them something like, yeah. So there's so many. Yeah, you know, and these 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 are hardworking folks that, as I mentioned, they provide a certain ambiance to a lot of different types of events. You know, who wants to go somewhere where it's just blank? You know, you got the the performer and nothing else. You know, you can't you can't find anything cold to drink. You can't uh, find uh, a special type of T-shirt that will you know you can purchase that will remind you forever. You know of that. You know, going to that event and so forth. You know, and these vendors paying out high levels of cash just to uh, participate. Um, you know, that's <laughs> money doesn't come cheap. So you know, we just want to work that out on both sides, all sides involved and everything. You know, so wow. absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, you know, that does it for the news stories. You have any info that you want to share before we close out for the night? No, no, that's going to just about get it. Uh, other than a, um, you know, so the listeners, as I said last week or week before, make sure that you go to uh, a chick with beats.com 
There's a lot going on there. If you uh, are dig dip dipping in the music industry in any manner, uh, whether large or small, um, there's going to be some info that you can glean from um, a chickwithbeast.com. And uh, if need be, you know, uh, send her a note where you got some questions about something about services that she provides. And, um, you know, you may be wanting to go around the corner somewhere where somebody's <laughs> ready to take advantage of you, you know, where, you know, we know uh, through and through a chick with beats is not going to do that. That's not her reputation. She's uh, about serving folks. Um, and so, yeah, a chick with beats.com. Don't miss it. Thank you very much. And well, you know, since you gave me that very glowing review, I appreciate <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, people know to check you out because you've got all types of stuff happening uh, with how you can help artists and businesses. And so they can find you at the Breeze Above. Yeah, uh, the Breeze Above at breezeabove.now.site. And, um, you know, actually, you know, you might want to go to uh, breezeflow.now.site and just um, put your info in there. Um, name uh, email address and phone number and um you know that that'll trigger a note to me and uh then i can can uh send you some email info on a regular basis that may help you in one way or the other so yeah uh, either just breeze above dot now dot site or breeze flow dot now dot site leads you, both of them lead you to the same place and uh, but one of them will uh allow you to put your info in there and uh I'll follow up with some emails to you um, that are very informative and uh, might like that. Yes. So yeah, definitely make sure you do that. Drop your info in there because yeah, he's got tons of ways to be able to help. So you want to make sure that you're uh, connecting with Breezy because he's not going to say it, but Breezy the plug. So yeah, if you, <laughs> if you need to network and get some stuff done, then that that's your guy. So make sure you check him out. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all about the small business owner. I'm all about the, the business owner. And music is a business. If you're not uh, looking at it at that way, <laughs> you might want to shake it up a little bit because music at the end of the day is a business. And so, you know, we spent uh, a number of, of minutes here talking about business, mu music business related uh, news stories. And, and uh, it's, hey, that's here to stay. You know, music is a business. People are uh, 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 swapping 150 millions of dollars over this that the other that has to do with music and mm -hmm. so um you know that might not be your uh ultimate um uh, intentions you know you might just want to be doing it involved for um the love of music yourself whatever but see there's always a slot here in this environment with music marvel's radio show um hey come one it's like the advertisement come one come all you know <laughs> doesn't matter where, what your level of involvement is hey just come on in and, and grab a chair or put your earbuds on and whatever and uh, check us out because you know we feel that there's going to be something that you uh, reap uh, in a good way from uh, following us and listening to the show um, weekly no matter where you are on the globe yeah. so we got it set up that way yes 100 <laughs> percent 
All right. So till next time, yeah, you definitely know where to find us. Um, you know, again, super huge shout out to our home stations, Grander Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah, we'll just say we'll see you then. Tune in, tell a friend. Peace. Peace.